Welcome to episode 146 of the Campus Comics Cast, coming at you through the fourth wall. Uh, my name is Scott Reed, and I am joined on this episode by... Mike Atchison. And Chad Schubert. And as the name suggests, we are going to spend a little bit of time talking about the Disney Plus series She-Hulk, and then we're going to uh, dive into the... Who was it? Is it uh, Image that did Public Domain? I've already forgotten mm-hmm. who yeah. published it. All right. Yeah, so it's, it's Image. Chip Zdarsky's uh, five-issue Public Domain series, and then, of course wrap up the episode with a uh, CLZ shake. So uh, you guys, anything you want to add? Uh, Mike, do you want to say something about uh, Carlos Pacheco? I think that's his passing occurred uh, yeah. since we last recorded. I think uh, any podcast that mentioned his illness um, were caught off guard because they barely got the news out um, uh, before they found out that he had actually passed. So I'm not familiar with ALS or what the, ramifications of that disease are but it sounds like he sort of planned things to really just work as long as he could and maybe knowing that that you know after that it was just there was no coming back there was no no reversing the symptoms and um it is it did it did inspire me to i think most of what i the work i've seen of him was in um batman superman or superman batman back when Superman was the headliner on those duo comics. But I remembered a JSA comic that was uh, Thanksgiving themed where you have Superman and one uh, power girl bringing the, the turkey into uh, there that's on the cover and they're bringing in the turkey to the rest of the leaguers and the justice society. And that was by Pacheco. And um, so I got it out and read it. And uh, I also got out the, JLA, JSA, uh, Virtue and Vice trade that he did. And I'm really going to, I think I'm going to get online or maybe order a copy of Avengers Forever because I've heard that was his, basically his best work with Kurt Busiek. Busiek. So anyway, hats off to Carlos um, and uh, the industry will miss him and I'm sure all his friends and family will too. All right. I didn't, uh, I don't know. There wasn't any other news that really jumped out at me. Was there anything that either of you guys heard that, uh, I know that Blade got a new director finally. So to right. replace the uh, one who had had fallen off, but, uh, we also, um, we lost Kevin Conroy since our last episode. Okay. So, I've forgotten what we have talked about. Right. Yeah. About as right. Recorded, Absolutely. So, yeah. Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman for the animated series and many other iterations yeah. of Batman. Other cartoons, video games, you name it, he's done it. He showed uh, up in the the CW Crisis on Infinite Earths right, as, yep, as Batman yeah. in one of those episodes. Not animated, you know. So. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had a a short run, I think, with cancer that uh, ended up what he yes. passed from. Yep. And, uh, he was sixty six. Yeah, young. Uh, yeah. Um, other than that, I don't I don't see any other major news. Yeah, I was I was pulling up the name of the uh, director for Blade here, Jan Demange. So, mm. okay, so I guess his big movie is something called White Boy Rick. Okay. Which makes you wonder. Um, so anyway, and apparently it's going to get a new script. I think there was a rumor floating around that the Blade movie was basically Underworld again. <laughs> So oh, wow. they felt like they, yeah. So it was like too much of the same. So they had to basically uh, go back to the drawing board on that. So 
But again, that's just like a rumor I read someplace. Who knows if it's actually true or not? So and I think it's pushed. It's definitely pushed back. I don't know how far it'll end up being pushed back. But and who's playing Blade? Mahershala Ali. Okay, he's the the, um, the Green Book. The Green Book. Guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to say the Green Mile. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, She-Hulk. Shulk. Uh, all right. Mike, initial thoughts on She-Hulk. Initial thoughts. Um, well, it was, it, <laughs> considering there was a lot of emphasis on Jen's relationships more so than her, and, and by relationships, I mean personal relationships, mm-hmm. more on that than really her professional or her, you know, her her, her talent as a uh, litigator or um, her her ability as a superhero. It seemed more like a rom-com because it was kind of funny. Um, I, I've, I'm just not a rom-com kind of guy. I won't say that it was it was um, this is just smack dab in the middle to, of the pack when it comes to the Marvel slash Disney plus TV shows for me. However, it was one of those shows where I could sit and my wife was enjoying the heck out of it. And then at least I know she's not suffering for my sake <laughs> watching <laughs> something like Sandman, which I love, but she's like, what the heck is this thing? This stuff. So, um, but yeah, so it was, it, it's fine and, and, and amusing. Um, but I think it's just right in the middle and there were some, there were some really good things, but there were some also like over the top stuff, but Hey, again, not complaining, just, just middle of the road. Chad, what about you? Initial thoughts? Um, I feel as though with, I'm not reading the character whatsoever, not knowing much about it, except for maybe some covers that I've seen, you know, of a, of a She-Hulk, uh, book, it set out to do a thing and accomplished that thing. Um, it, it didn't feel like it veered or was confused about what it was supposed to be, whether whether it was 100% liked or was the perfect thing for what it was. It, it felt like maybe it was really close to the source material of the the She-Hulk that they were working off of and that it was it didn't veer very far from from that. Um, but I thought it was good. I, it wasn't my my favorite thing in the entire world. You know, if I'm going off of even the last couple of things, Miss Marvel still is much higher on my ranking than this is. But uh, but I I was rewatching it for the to get you know, prepping for the show, and I was like, oh yeah, I I liked that that part. That was funny, and you know, there were there were definitely parts that were giggly. I I I'm not a big CG person, so that for me personally, that was the thing that threw me off overall. Yeah, I'm kind of you know. You have two takes. Really, you have two takes on She-Hulk. You have the original take on She-Hulk, and then you have the John Byrne take on She-Hulk. Um, of course, I mean, there are obviously other takes. Those are kind of like the big established two. Gotcha. And I knew going in they were going to lean heavily on the John Byrne version of She-Hulk. So there were certain things that I was expecting, like the fourth wall breaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was okay with it most of the time, but when we get to the last episode, it went too far. <laughs> so I was pretty okay with the series for the first eight episodes and it, episode nine was like a total train wreck for me. So, um, so yeah, it's just, 
I just I was like just shaking my head the entire time. So <laughs> um, it really for it to be part of the you know they have this established MCU and for it to be part of the MCU it creates problems. I know they say they've addressed those problems as part of the story, but I I don't know it just went a little too far. So anyway, yeah, let's just real real quick drop through some of these episodes. Not going to spend a lot of time on each one. Just maybe talk about a few things. So episode one, a normal amount of rage. Uh, Jen Walter's world is turned upside down after a freak accident leaves her with superpowers. And of course, this is where she is riding in a car with cousin Bruce, right? And they have an accident whenever a random spaceship pulls out in front of them. <laughs> that they barely uh, ever address again. Yeah. Well, they talk about right. it at the end. Yeah. They talk about it at the end. So, yeah. um, but, uh, uh at, at, as a result of the accident, uh, some of Bruce's blood gets into some of Jen's injuries, and she thus starts turning into the She-Hulk. So, um, relatively close to the actual original origin. Mm-hmm. Well, well, actually, not super close. She has an accident, but she gets a blood transfusion. Mm, so, I right. guess they kind of just sped things up, you know, here just a little bit. So, at least that's how I remember gotcha. the original origin. So. Um, so pretty standard, I guess, origin episodes. We get our, you know, origin here in the, in the first episode of the series. So, um, I don't know. What do you guys want to say about episode one? Go ahead, Shed. Okay. Uh, there were a couple of things that really worked for me. I liked that they held off on showing her fully until, um, like, they didn't show it when she changed. It was just a reflection in the car. It was kind of just blurry. They didn't even really show it at the bar until the very end when she was like confronted by the guys that were at the bar. Uh, so I like I liked that they held off on that. That felt like something that you would see in an, an homage to an, an older kind of thing. It just had uh, kind of some some feels like they were trying to go for maybe an the original uh, Incredible Hulk show, which we see definitely later on in the series. Yeah. Um, the the first fourth wall break that we see, I thought was really clever uh, mm-hmm. when she goes and turns and talks to the fourth wall and then she looks confused that she's able to refer to the fourth wall. Like, <laughs> like she's not even used to it. So I thought, I was like, oh, that's that's a cool way to do it. And uh, and then the, the courtroom fight at the very end of episode mm-hmm. one, the campiness of like, how staged and just goofy that fight is uh is was just like okay i'd really like that that pacing was something that i didn't expect to get out of this because it is so cg and you're thinking just like modern high tech whatever and then you get like those campy vibes of something that is you know 30 years older than this uh and you go oh okay i like that 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 feels good <laughs> Yeah, I, I I set a limit. I told myself if they don't break the fourth wall more than twice in any one episode, I'm okay with it. That makes sense. So it's like I just don't want it to all the entire because they're not super long episodes, right? right? So I yeah. don't so I don't want her talking to us as a viewer the entire episode. That would just be <laughs> taking it a little bit too far. So I knew I wasn't. I knew there was no way that I was going to get a. They were they're going to not have her break right. the fourth wall, you know, so I just had to accept that going in. And after the first episode, I was actually pretty positive on this on this show. So mm-hmm. even the first few, I was relatively positive, though. I didn't like what they did with a few of the characters as uh, as the series progresses on. So, yeah, um, now I always I, uh, her Tatiana Maslani. Is that how we say her name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, I remember her from uh, was it Orphan Orphan. Black? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which was, you know, kind of a challenging show because she had to play all of these different characters. Um, 
I think she was even one on Parks and Rec for like two or three episodes, if I remember oh. correctly. Yeah. So she's she did a really good job, I thought, with the material that she was given. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. realize how short she was, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add, Mike? No, you guys covered it pretty well. I did want to mention, like you said, about her being on Orphan Black. And I, she's a really good actress. Uh, yeah, the CG, it's just TV quality, I guess. But that's not really a complaint because you only have so much budget. And, yeah. and um, I don't think the CG in some of the, any of the bigger budget ones is significantly better. Right. You yeah. know, I mean, it's a CG. You tell it, you know, it's CG. It's not like they're yeah. tricking you, you know? So yeah. if we were to the point in the film, in the movies where they were tricking us, you know, then it would yeah. be different, but we're not to that level yet. So the only pet peeve I had was why her hair had to change from the actress's curly <laughs> locks to right. She Hulk's flowing long hair i mean that didn't really make sense it didn't really need to be that way and uh other than to make her more sort of a a sexy i think it was that way in the comics i mean i think she had short hair and it would go long you know when she turned even in the very first issue a savage okay i guess i didn't remember that I can go pull that issue up if you want no 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 not the first issue verify but (laughs) <laughs> but it just it was something I kept going. Why is it going? Because see, this this Tatiana has really curly hair naturally. So yeah. Anyway, no, I don't have anything further. All right. So episode two, Superhuman Law. Jen is hired at a prestigious law firm, but must practice as She-Hulk and rep a complicated client, who of course we learned is Emil Blonsky, the Abomination, and she was specifically requested, I guess, by uh, Blonsky to actually represent her. Um, and of course the, the caveat, I guess, to her getting the job is that she has to represent as She-Hulk. She can't go in as Jen Walters, which she doesn't like initially, but as the, uh, the series progresses, she gets more comfortable being She-Hulk as opposed to being Jen Walters. And, and that's something they do in the comics as well is, you know, it kind of started as a more traditional Hulk, you know, transformation type thing. But as the series went on, she basically spent all of her time as She-Hulk and very little time as Jen Walters. Mm. So um, I guess we probably should have mentioned that because of her uh, interfering in uh, Titania's attack at the end of the first episode, she's fired from where she was working, which is why she now gets hired at this other uh, law firm. And the character who runs uh, the law firm, Holden, I think. Holden Holloway, is that is that the right guy? Yes, he, yeah. that's actually pulled from the John Byrne Shield oh, okay. series. So that that character actually does exist. Um, this is one of those where I went out and tried to track down a couple of issues of uh, uh, in one of the actual series issues. This character's daughter becomes a supervillain. So I thought. I bet they're going to bring her in by the end of the series. They didn't, unfortunately. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I was I was out there trying to grab some of those issues just in case. So. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know anything to uh, to add. I liked where this was going at this point, where it's like, oh, she's going to represent Abomination. I like the whole idea that you know he had been working for the government and yeah. was being mistreated. I, I was I was I was in. Big time still here in episode two. 
Yeah, yeah, I I like the the just kind of built in conflict that's just ready mm-hmm. to go, the or the potential for conflict with that. Yeah, because we just seen Abomination in Shang Chi in the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. so you know it's kind of like okay, let's find out. And of course, they had to explain a few things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I this this show and she even jokes about it at some point in one of her fourth wall breakings, but is that it it becomes the 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 guest of the week show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike that at all. It's like, you get to kind of hop in and check in on a bunch of mm-hmm. other people, which feels like what the Disney plus shows should be is it's the, it's supposed to be the gap between movies. So, you know, this is our <laughs> way to check in with all these people. Mike, anything to add? No, um, uh, no, I think honestly, she's probably more, more of an interesting character than Bruce Banner in my book. Um, I like, I mean, her alter ego as Jen Walters is a, is a good one. So getting to see her in that role, um, doing her job was nice. I wish there was probably a little bit more of that actually. Okay. All right. Well, episode three, we got the people versus Emil Blonsky. Uh, she Hulk represents Emil Blonsky, AKA the abomination, but his parole hearing doesn't go as planned. So of course the, uh, a couple of things, are popping up here one is i think this is the first episode where wong shows up mm-hmm. or am i jumping in an episode uh, early? well no yeah not yet okay yeah, so episode, no it is he is the, yeah because he's yeah. the witness that helps get that's right yeah Bill, you know his his parole right because he's oh, okay the one yes. that, he's the one that broke him out then then wong comes back because of another issue in yes. this uh in the next one of course we see wong quite a bit so this is where things started turning downhill for me a little bit because uh, again and i've i'm a stuck record on this but and it's not like i'm heavily invested in abomination as a character or even wong as a character but they're turning these characters into you know laughs as opposed to treating them a little bit more seriously um you know it's like Wong and his addiction to the Sopranos, you know, and having things spoiled on the Sopranos throughout the the series, <laughs> I just thought was silly. Emil Blonsky turning into the, I don't know, flower child, for lack of a better way of describing him, and his, what, nine wives or seven wives or whatever number that we end up with, just being the self-help guru, just uh, that was not a turn that I wanted to see. Um, so that was things started declining here it wasn't terrible but it's just not what i was wanting i didn't think it was necessary they could have found other ways to inject humor uh into this i mean burn had nearly 50 issues or maybe even more than 50 issues on his run i'm sure they could have pulled a few more jokes out of there so um what'd you guys think okay then <laughs> that much huh <laughs> no i, I just we, got, we have to get our talking order in <laughs> I, I start looking at the screen no i i agree with you about wong that's just out of character for him to be have that much humor injected into his character now the the fake magician magician i did like his little <laughs> skit his little you know his um spiel but uh Overall, it was, I agree, it wasn't my favorite episode. It just just seemed like it was out of place for Wong to be that that humorous. But was he, was Wong funny, or were things being funny happening around Wong? 
Wong was because being, Wong was like the straight man in in the joke, right? Like I I felt as though he wasn't really necessarily. I I felt like I felt like they were playing Wong for the laughs, whether or not whether it's him as the straight man or not. Because and again, if you go back to the comics, Wong is this very very noble character, yeah, right, and very formal, very his trained, very proper. Yeah. His gotcha. tolerance, at least his tolerance for the the girl who said whatever her name was with a Y, but not where oh, we haven't gotten to Madison is. yet. That's yeah, we episode. haven't got, oh. yeah, we haven't gotten there. Okay. Don't jump well. to Madison with a Y and two N's and not where you think. It <laughs> oh is. my gosh. That, 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 that was like annoying as heck, but, <laughs> yeah. but that's, yeah. Even though he is the Abbott to other people's Costello, right. It just seems sort of gotcha. out of place situations, but, uh, you know. and as the sorcerer Supreme, you know, he should be, taken, you know, this is the this is the guy who scolded Stephen Strange whenever he did the whole Spider-Man created the multiverse yeah. type thing uh, for not being careful. And then what is he doing? He's just being nonsensical about it. So gotcha. I want to go back to that Wong, not to the Wong. Not that we this have. one. Mm-hmm. I, the my one of my a few of my favorite things of episode three is just the the amount of things that they just throw out there without explaining or really developing more is like you just you're supposed to accept that there's light elves that just exist in new asgard and like that's just they don't they don't dive deep into it you don't get a background it's not like here's what this is (laughs) they i like that they that wong references that it's not a good idea to wipe people's minds they've done that before and that's not a good thing and uh and then he also throws around shadow dimension a mirror dimension once Mm -hmm. again without even explaining what any of it means. And so we get a lot of these like little drop in things. Right. Um, well, some of those are referencing the other movies right. and other properties and stuff. Right. But they're yeah. not, they're not trying to be like, Hey, they're just like, catch up. Come on. Like yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> which I just, I like that. I like that we're in that world now that they've, they're really just leaning into what they've built over the 10 plus years of just like, you're you should you should know That's right. if you're watching not, this you should know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not it's not overly complicated to where it's like you don't have to know but but it's it's a nice little treasure for anybody that knows what's going on so episode four is this not real magic she hulk's new client wong is suing a magician for unauthorized use of the mystic arts so i mostly a filler episode for me you know what and was his name I mean, I thought they were going to go Johnny Blaze, you know. It was almost. Donnie Blaze. Donnie Blaze, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, you know, you had to, like, listen to it, you know, just to be for sure. It's like, did they? <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> oh, okay. Right. <laughs> um, I, that, again, just kind of the silliness, you know, and it's not like Wong couldn't have just stopped him if he wanted to. So, no, they're suing him. So, I, right. I, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> All I want to say is that Madison with two N's and a Y, but it's not where you think. Somehow I knew exactly where the Y was when I tried, when I typed out the name. I was like, it's right where I would think it would. It's, it's after the S and before the two N's. Like. <laughs> I, I liked her. She was ridiculous as a character, but I did, I on the other side, not having any kind of like, respect for Wong as a character was mm-hmm. like the Madison and Wongers uh, of it all. Uh, uh, and apparently they, actually, they went back and like shot like an extra, like one of the extra credit or post credit scenes, I think is her and Wong. Yeah. And I think they shot that like at way after because the, they thought the chemistry yeah, good was so reviews. good. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, <laughs> ugh. Ugh. 
he wouldn't put up with that nonsense. So you know. I, I I don't have anything else to say about that episode. <laughs> Men green and straight poured into these jeans. So she Hulk discovers Titania owns the name she Hulk and is suing her for trademark infringement. So this is the episode we get a little courtroom, a little trademark courtroom. Uh, case right and it's not Jen Walters it's actually the lead lawyer um, it's actually her co-worker at the uh, Holloway attorneys whatever whatever the name of the place that she's working at right. um, and just through some random you know thing that she did online is what basically saves her and allows her to keep the, the She-Hulk trademark instead of Titania use it for a cosmetics line <laughs> I, 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 I struggle with what they've done with Titania. You know, of course, there's the original version of Titania where she really is just the opposing bruiser for, for She-Hulk. But, you know, part of me is like, you know, if somebody had superpowers now with our social media world, would they try to lean into that a little bit? Probably. Sure. Yeah. So I I accepted I accepted Titania more than some of the other uh, characters, uh, changes to some of the characters that we have. So... Um, I was pretty much okay with it. <laughs> I did want her to be a cooler villain than mm-hmm. and 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 see more of her because I like that actress. I can't remember her name at, at the moment, but uh, Jamita Jamil. Yeah, or Jamila. Jamil. Jamila Jamil. Yeah, she's a comedian and uh, and I I liked her and I was excited for her to be in the show, but I really don't think that as a as a character they did a lot with the person. It was more about what titania is doing on paper or like in social media and stuff it was just kind of more of a figurehead than it was an actual got to be a character i did not realize she had done so much voice acting mm-hmm. a ton now she was in the good place which is where i'd seen her previously but yeah, yeah. she's done a ton of voice acting wow hmm. <laughs> um now let's see uh was this the episode where we get the wrecking crew in it, or was that a different episode? The but they try to get her blood. So there's this. Oh, that was the one. That was the that was episode three. Oh, okay, all right. So there's this <laughs> subplot right going on where they're trying to basically steal some of Jen oh, Walters' blood, yeah. right? So this is like one of the first attempts. Okay, that was in like you said, in episode three, and they bring in the wrecking crew again a very powered down <laughs> version of the wrecking crews, basically like just four guys who found Asgardian weapons, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, hire themselves out, um, which really kind of relegates their usefulness down the road as characters, because they aren't going to be at the power level of a she Hulk or Thor, if they need to be to go into fights with those, with, you know, the bigger, the bigger good guys. So um, they kind of scaled them back for this a little bit, but, um next episode just jen jen is a bridesmaid in a friend's wedding a stressful event compounded by uniquely she hulk issues so I, again this is just kind of like a fill-in i think they make jokes she breaks the fourth wall about this being some type of fill-in episode right. yeah i think so i think i remember right. correctly one of the one of them she does so um but it's her dealing with the whole thing. It gives them another chance for her and Titania to have a pseudo uh, conflict. And of course she meets the guy, you know, um, 
it, here at the wedding as well, which is going to have ramifications later on in the series. This I will also note is the lowest rated episode of <laughs> IMDb. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's the worst episode, but but it's I'm in the minority apparently on that one. You know, it's been a few weeks, I mean, since we've seen this, so I kind of I kind of equate what was better with what I remember and I kind of forget about the the well, the less memorable episodes and this is one of those I, I can barely remember what happened so you know maybe it wasn't maybe that's why it had that lower rating well part of it is and it's nice we actually got to see tatiana maslani as opposed to cg for a good portion of this episode because part of the joke is that she wants jen as her bride bridesmaid not she hulk you know right. so in in that regards it was good so and again it's not it's not my least favorite out of all of them but uh um yeah well it and it uh it goes down to that this show more than any of the other disney plus shows feels like a uh like a sitcom like it mm-hmm. feels like and, and it feels like a crime procedural kind of drama at times where it is they're like 25 episode seasons and <laughs> over half of them are fillers so you almost have um, to have fillers just well, to 20, even not 24 of them are fillers <laughs> yes <laughs> Where there's no like plot advancement for any character whatsoever. And so it almost feels like it makes sense to go, well, I guess some of them did have to be filler a little bit Mm -hmm. and just legal procedure because that's what it's trying to be. It's supposed to be a, a a legal drama comedy. And, and so I guess it does it good in when it's trying to be now. Okay. I think it's this episode, the retreat. So Jen visits Mm -hmm. Blonsky's wellness retreat meets new friends, and get in touch with her inner She-Hulk. The most important thing that happens in this one, though, is the final scene, where we have the designer to the superheroes, right? And he opens up and shows a box, and inside the box is the yellow and red Daredevil helmet, as opposed to, you know, it's it's what a lot of people were waiting for. It's like, oh, we're getting, you know, Charlie Cox back as Matt Murdock. And, you know, uh, I my son being one of these people, he was like, he would ask me every single episode, did Charlie Cox show up yet? No. Did Charlie <laughs> Cox show up yet? No. Did Charlie Cox go up yet? No. And that's the only reason he would watch the episodes. He would actually fast forward through the episodes to see if Charlie Cox was there and then that's decide funny. if he's going to watch the ep- the series or not. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it kind of tells you what a lot of people just thought about this series from the get-go. But, uh, <laughs> um. I, I, you know, again, we see more silliness with Blonsky in this one. He has the whole wellness treats. We get a bunch of grade D characters, you know, um, porcupine and, <laughs> and I can't even remember all of them. I'm trying, the you know, frog and those leapfrog in this one. He wasn't at the, he wasn't at the retreat though. Oh, right? okay. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah there right. was, was, was man bull there was man bull. One of them. Yes. That, man. Yeah. Bull. Yeah. Right, oh, yeah, they're El Agula. back and forth. Oh, and yeah, yeah, the eagle, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, so they bring in like these grade grade D characters, you know, just because, and some of them did make appearances in the Burn series, so that was mm. kind of a nice little homage to it. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but again, I didn't I didn't care for what they did with Blonsky's character, so I just he's a better actor than this nonsense that they had him doing. So. You know, I, I just didn't care for it. 
like if they if they used him if they had to use him him just being a villain again though is not like i i guess like what would you what else could you do with him i mean i, I don't know if making him the peaceful like you know just one with it but i don't know what else you could do with that character besides be <laughs> they, the complete they, opposite of what he was yeah they didn't have to go so crazy into the self-help guru <laughs> type thing i mean he they could have done something different with it but i just i, I it just wasn't working for me yeah. I, I can't say anything beyond it just didn't work for me <laughs> you know uh, you know they've kind of and they and i thought like in the movies you know we have to have like this long-term continuing you know like abomination to show up in the comics every 15 to 20 issues you yeah know? it's not gonna be the case in the movies where he has to come back at some point in the future yeah. um, so they don't have to use him again like they do in the comics so they can't make as dramatic of a change um but i just yeah <laughs> i just yeah i just i just couldn't couldn't handle it couldn't do it <laughs> yeah it was just too much I think I had said I don't even. This may be when we were at the shop. It may not have been on recording at all. But he, they, he's very much just playing the same character as uh, the Trevor character and mm-hmm. uh, uh, the actor that is just you know just kind of goofy um, that we see in the Iron Man and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they, you know, tried to they tried to redeem the Mandarin. So they, but that by bringing in somebody else. Well, they can't bring in somebody else to be abomination. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, you got anything to add on these last couple episodes? Uh, No, not not yet. Okay. Um, All right. Next to the last episode, Ribbit and Rippet. She-Hulk represents Leapfrog, who was injured due to a malfunction in his custom-made super suit. And this is where we finally have Charlie Cox officially show up. Um, as more, he actually is the uh, counter attorney, the opposing attorney uh, in a case where Jen Walters is representing uh, Leapfrog, Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox is representing uh, the I can't remember the guy's name who's making all it's the custom a fashion designer. Yeah, yeah, the designer who's making the clothing for superheroes, right? So, um, and of course, you know, Murdock is able to use his skills as daredevil not it but just in his normal life to actually figure out when leapfrog's line and get him to say some things incorrectly and thus he wins the case um but uh you know for the most part you know i enjoyed this episode um i will save the thing that i despise about this episode after you guys have have talked about this episode So Shad, what about you on this next to last episode? Um, I I liked it. It was it was cool to see Daredevil. I am the the black sheep of the group that I haven't watched the Daredevil show uh, at all, so I have nothing <laughs> to compare it to. Um, so I'm curious to see what you guys have to say about how this this version uh, compares to uh, the the Netflix Daredevil. I guess it's technically now it also the Disney Plus Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but other than that, I, I was excited to see him. He was a lot more. Uh, there was a lot more once again CG in this Daredevil than I figured there probably is in the other version of the same Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more flipping around and stuff. But I thought it was cool to finally felt like every week it was the check of like, is this mm-hmm. Daredevil yet? Is it Daredevil yep. yet? Oh, it's, oh, it's finally Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that's one of the mistakes they made is that you're you know he's coming, you're gonna be in there. They yes. really should have had him show up sooner so that people would stop wondering when he's gonna show up. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's what they were using to keep people coming back be. episode <laughs> after episode. I don't know, but Mike, what about you? I like the episode. I actually like the the uh more lighthearted Matt Murdock um that was portrayed here as opposed to the the Netflix or Netflix <laughs> Disney Plus, whatever you want to call it. But uh I I I liked it just fine. I liked to how and I know that I I guess this is this is the the actually the episode with the court case where they're in there and yeah. uh so one thing I liked is that it that fashion designer cracked me up because he reminded me of the um the the Flash had a character in his books called Paul Gamby and he designed a lot of um I don't know if he designed the Flash any Flash costumes or things for him I think he ended up being a, a an ally but he also he he designed a bunch of the Rogues' costumes for him so that's where I uh, I was interested in that aspect of it but yeah I I, I like this episode just fine. I was fine with pretty much everything, you know, as you mentioned, a more lighthearted version of Matt Murdock. There's even like, um, like I read through all the Bendis and Brubaker Daredevil and they're very dark and moody. And then Mark Wade comes on the book and it's a much more sunshiny Matt Murdock. Right. So I'm yeah. okay. I can accept a little bit more sunshiny Matt Murdock. What I had trouble with was the walk of shame in san francisco of him walking around in daylight with his shoes off right as daredevil this is a guy who's gone to great lengths to protect his secret identity and they're just using that for a punchline yeah and i that just really really bothered me <laughs> i'd forgotten about that yeah that, well that's easy it's it was forgettable it's a forgettable scene so <laughs> i really they should not have done that but you know, that was a cheap, that was a cheap joke, you know, and I don't, I don't like cheap laughs, you know, so, um, you know, you got two types of humor. You've got the, you got the smart humor and you got the dumb and dumber humor. And, you know, I don't want dumb and dumber humor. I thought that I don't, don't like, be attacking dumb and dumber. I love dumb and dumber. <laughs> all right. I think it's hilarious, but I don't want, I don't want you to try to have the smart humor and the dumb and dumber humor at the same time you need to you either need to go smart humor or you need to go dumb and dumber humor and then just make it not part of the mcu (laughs) (laughs) there's a stipulation you're okay to have dumb and dumber (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's right you know that's why like i'm fine with the deadpool movies but i never wanted to see ryan reynolds deadpool in the same movie with chris evans captain america you know because then it right something's got to happen that's one we got to go one way or the other you know, so <laughs> uh, anyway, anything else to add on that on that episode eight, which I thought it was weird. We have what nine episodes to this series because mm-hmm. most of the other stuff had been six. Yeah. No. So, all right. So whose show is this final episode? Jen finds herself in trouble with the law and struggles to pick up the pieces of her life. All right. So what it seems like is we have the traditional story where we have these three or four different storylines that are all going to get resolved in one big fight. So what does Marvel do instead of not just having all the storylines getting resolved in one big fight, we have she Hulk say fourth wall break, 
hey, doesn't this happen in all the series where we break, we, we resolve all the storylines? Let's go do something else. And she literally breaks through the fourth wall. This is something I saw posted this on some random article. I thought, this is, there's no way they're going to do this. <laughs> Talk about She-Hulk's most powerful ability. And there were scenes in the John Byrne run of She-Hulk where she would literally know that she was in panels and say, oh, if I step over through this panel, I can automatically be where I want to be at. So she had this, again, fourth wall breaking, not just talking ability, but full out control, quote unquote, control the story type of ability. Um, And they leaned into that heavily here in this one where she goes and talks to Kevin. Kevin. Yes. Right. Who is not Kevin Feige, but a robot Kevin. Do you remember what Kevin stood for? The the acronym? I have forgotten what it stood for. I wrote it down just so. Yeah. Kevin stands for Knowledge Enhanced Visual Interconnectivity Nexus. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, but she, so she goes and talks to Kevin about how to basically resolve this differently. And they just change the story, right? So that way it plays out in a slightly different way. So I, compl- I just was totally just annoyed by this episode. It just, I, I didn't care for it. It's like, instead of like, actually coming up with a different type of an ending they just make fun of how all their other endings have been for all their other series mm-hmm. so it was so bad i wish they would have just resolved all the storylines in one big fight <laughs> um like they had done in some of the other ones so i at this you know <clears throat> i was still okay i still was bothered by the walk of shame from daredevil but this one just nose dived this series for me um, the ending was so, so bad. <laughs> when, you, when you see her actually looking through the, the Disney uh, show selection. Right, yeah. And jumping around looking for the, you know, behind the scenes for She-Hulk and moving over to that. Which, again, homage to the Burn comics. But, man, I actually didn't care for the Burn Super She-Hulk comics either. I read that entire series. Yeah. So. I, knowing that, that, was, that there was connection to that makes it a little better for me. But... I thought I would rather see the same thing we've always seen, which is like if you break through the fourth wall because you don't like it, you go to the writer's room and you just talk to the writers kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like I would have rather seen that than to go. I didn't like the Kevin robot. That was the big turnoff yeah. right there was the. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead yeah. and finish. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, um, I'm good. Oh, OK. All right. So. All right. I. Again, this this just kind of killed it for me. So I, I really don't have anything else to say about this show. I, I thought Tatiana Maslany was good. Um, Charlie Cox was good. But I just didn't like, again, what they had to work with on this. So um, I, we ready to grade it. You guys got anything else you want to add before we move on? I'm good to grade. All right. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. All right. You go first. So this is one of those weird situations. Maybe not weird, but just... Comparative, comparative to another show or movie we're going to review later, the the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score is eighty five percent, and the average audience score is thirty three percent. Big disparity. <laughs> wow. yeah. yeah. And just the opposite. I mean, I don't know. It's opposite of what you normally see because normally you get a lot of critics that are got their nose in the air, and this is just a stupid superhero movie. And they'll score low, but the audience had a good time. So it makes me wonder just, I've wondered before about Rotten Tomatoes, but still, 
you know, maybe there's just enough fans out there that thought this did a disservice to the character. Maybe it was either way. My scores, I'm just going to put it right around. Um, we'll say 6.0, which would be what fine. A, a fine. fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think a 6.0 is a fair, great. Well, not literally fair, but it's it's <laughs> fair in the sense of being uh, not unfair. So, um, yeah, I'll grade it 6.0. Okay, Shad, I will tell you that I I'm gonna be high because I always am a little bit higher. Uh, but I I did as we talked about it and kind of re re went through it. I dropped down probably a whole point. Uh, okay. from where I was, uh, just cause, so I really, the things I liked about it, I really liked about it. The things I didn't like about it were, were big, you know, kind of turn off. So, so the, the highs were high, the lows were low. So I, I've got a 7.5, a very fine minus on it. All right. I am going to go very good 4.0. It was just, and it's, again, it's not because it's this, this show to me has the Morbius problem. Morbius had some good actors, you know, mm-hmm. and it just the story was just kind of all over the place. I didn't like where the story went a lot. I really would have a hard time recommending it to anybody. Say, oh, you really, really need to watch She-Hulk, <laughs> you know. Um, I, you know, I could probably go in and say, hey, you know, watch episode one, watch episode eight. Just turned off before the very end. It, it's <laughs> all you really need to see of this, right? Um. <laughs> And so, yeah, I, you know, again, that's not something I'm going to recommend. So I can't give it higher than a six. Right. Yeah. So now I'm down in that lower. I Do I want to see that's like, do I want to see Morbius those characters again? I actually do. Do I want to see Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk again? Yes, I do. I just want her to have a better story to work with. So maybe we got some of the nonsense out of the way. So maybe if we get a second season of She-Hulk, maybe we can get something a little bit better. And again, it's not the fourth wall conversation breaking it's just some of this nonsense and the mock self-mocking i just i'm i'm not a big on that i'm you know i'm going to say something that maybe maybe it's uh i think what we're seeing is that there's a lot of hit and miss with some of these tv shows there's a lot of people that love certain shows Mm -hmm. and, and there's a lot of people that just don't like the same show like there's so many people that love loki and then so many people that don't and it's almost like because Marvel is trying uh, Marvel slash Disney plus are trying mm-hmm. to diversify the type of shows they're putting mm-hmm. out there in this TV format that you're getting that sort of mixed reaction, which I think is fine. I'd yeah, rather mm-hmm. see that than a cookie cutter approach. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with, I can mm-hmm. digest a show like this without a problem. I can relax. I don't have to think about it much. I can have mm-hmm. a few chuckles and we're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, the difference in, you know, DC and Marvel is that Marvel's making different types of movies, like you're pointing out. And DC just keeps remaking a superhero movie. Yeah. Whereas yes. Marvel's mm-hmm. doing all different types of stories in there, which is one of the problems that mm-hmm. DC has had. But I, you know, can I watch a courtroom comedy show? Absolutely. Would I want to rewatch this courtroom comedy? No. <laughs> there's a couple of, well, I won't get into that. There's a yeah. couple of DC movies that aren't going along with the formula and that's like the joker but it's it's those yeah. todd phillips or mm-hmm. matt reeves um but other than that yeah we'll yeah. see i did hear that um what's his name james gunn came out and i guess they're working actively right now on the 10-year plan so maybe we'll mm-hmm. hear some in the next couple months and that's yeah, what they that said like two is. months we're going to get a plan yeah. so yeah, yeah. So. 
All right. Well, let's move on. So next up, we got uh, the five issue series, Public Domain, uh, courtesy of Chip Sadarsky. Now, did he write and draw this? He yes. did. Yes. Okay. So he had full duty on this particular uh, on this particular story. So um, how are we want to go through this? Are we going to go issue by issue. You just want to uh, talk about it. What's uh, what's what's your thoughts, Mike? Because you suggested this book. Well, I suggested it because uh, I actually had read most of it by the time I made this suggestion. And uh, just an overall initial impression was that this is, it's one of those Earth Prime books. It's like, it's mm-hmm. set in our Earth. It's set, mm-hmm. you know, where we are. And um, it is obviously, or it was a... Um, a passion project or a vanity project of Chip Zdarsky. Uh, I didn't know this at the time when I read the the, the series, but it was on Substack originally. Hmm. And um, I mean, just just a quick overview. Um, sure. It's a series about a journalist whose father helped craft comic book stories for a character that that's now part of a movie universe. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's that happens all the time. I mean, you can go back to the Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Well, um, that's very clearly the two oh, yeah. characters that are being referenced in this is Stan Lee and Jack. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. And in that, in the first issue, you, you're introduced basically to the family. You're introduced to miles. Who's the, I don't say he's a ne'er do well, but he's not happy being a puff piece reporter uh, at a newspaper or magazine, whatever he's at. Um, he wants to be a novelist. And uh, but at least he's better than that, that writer that was in Radiant Black that just cried because he, he couldn't come <laughs> up with anything to write. Um, but it, it is basically just tells the of, of the problematic nature of creating comics in um, in an age where all the movies are all that matter. That that's I mean, really, when you think about it, the audience, most that that's like the 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 flip side of the whole, oh, it's great. Now I can wear my Green Lantern T-shirt without anybody laughing and going, look at that goofball. Because there's been a Green Lantern movie. But because of that, you have a lot of these very surface level fans that don't know about all of, of the content and the the creation that went into the character um, itself for decades previous. So anyway, I, I'm. That was my general, just like first issue thing. But um, what do you guys think about it? Well, ultimately, what we end up with is a a fictional retelling of the controversy that exists between Stanley and Jack Kirby. Yeah. Whether you know the, who was primarily responsible for the creation of these characters, who got credit for the creation of these characters, what they're doing with those those characters now. Um, now, I the version of the Stanley character that we got is actually much worse than what the Stanley was in real life. And the version of Kirby that we got was a much more, uh, I don't know, pacifist <laughs> type version mm-hmm. of, of Kirby. Kirby was pretty vocal when he had the opportunity, you know, to talk about the, the work that he'd done. It wasn't very just accepting of it, you know? Um, so I, it, I guess they did that just for, you know, not to make it, hundred percent trying to retell yeah. that, that particular story and to kind of exaggerate the differences between the two sides. Um, but uh, the thing is, it's kind of a story that if you know anything about comic history at all, you already know this story. 
<laughs> you know, and you, yeah. you know how it doesn't play out very well for the comic book creator, at, you know, whenever all is said and done. So. <laughs> I don't know, Shad, go ahead. Um, I, the, the first issue and throughout this, I, I thought the, the characters, I not as well versed on the history of, of these, uh, but it definitely felt real enough, you know, to kind of get that sense that like, Oh, this isn't too far off from what anybody could be experiencing at, at one point in time. Uh, but I thought the characters were really well, like written, likable, uh, the, the dad, I really liked the, the co-creator, mm-hmm. um, the, the kind of loser brother that never held down a job that was kind of just goofy and didn't care about, like they were all really cool. And by the time we got to the end, I really, and I liked their kind of wrapped up happy ending that we got too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what else. Why, well, what do you want to add? <laughs> well, I know we're, I'm, I'm sort of I've, I've, I took every one of my issues out of their bag so I could flip through them and talk. But the, the one scene I really enjoyed in issue one was when um, Miles, the reporter, was interviewing the actor that played the, the domain. <laughs> uh, and it's just this is just shows that Arsky's talent um he's he's in that upper tier of of writers these days and add to the fact that he's he's no slouch uh as an artist either no, yeah it's very clean line it's very mm-hmm. easy to follow just a good storyteller um but yeah i i enjoyed this all to heck i was um, able to sit down and read all five of these issues in one sitting in yeah, one yeah. night yeah it yeah. was it was very smooth to read through it so yeah the story yeah the story flowed very very well yeah, I, I I enjoyed the his brother. Uh, is it David the brother? He's kind of mm-hmm. a kind of a goof. Doesn't really. Mm-hmm. He's not worried. Doesn't take anything too seriously. But he's also kind of a big galoot, and he's not going to take any. He's there to. <laughs> but he's also sort of a pacifist. But yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good family dynamic type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just see this being real people. And when you were talking about the Stan Lee Jack Kirby stuff, it's. I think that there is definitely that aspect, but it's also, I think, more so creators versus the industry, um, you know, the movie industry mm-hmm. and the production companies and all that stuff. They don't give I'd, I'd almost go out and say Warner Brothers is a great example of that. You know, I don't think that Warner Brothers as a company that there are people in it that really care about the characters and. They look at the bottom line and, and say, well, let's put out this movie that says this, does that. Or let's look at the, um, what do you call it when an audience, um, do you have like a sample audience before the movie's released? Like a screening or test, yeah. Test, yeah, test screening. Yeah. Think about that first uh, Suicide Squad movie that um, came out and it, it they got the re- reviews back and all they really liked was the music. So they just made it one big mo- music video. Um, <laughs> so it's very reactionary yeah. and... Yeah, well, yeah. I'm gonna say one thing in Warner Brothers' defense, because I mm-hmm. read, I think I read an interview with Jim Starlin. Of course, mm-hmm. Jim Starlin on the Marvel side created Thanos, right? And on the DC side, he's created some relatively minor characters. Yeah. And Starlin talked about the, you know, the compensation checks that he received from Marvel and and I'll just say DC. And the checks he got from DC were bigger than the checks he got from Marvel. Though yeah. the, so even though Warner Brothers may not be as true to the characters, they're also they are apparently doing a better job compensating the creators than what Marvel is actually doing. And Marvel is doing billions of dollars and, you know, and 
a typical DC movie is three quarters of a billion. So, yeah. And I think that's from my research or my reading, that's more due to DC comics, the company mm-hmm. than Warner brothers. Uh-huh. That's due to people like Paul, um, Levitz, um, mm-hmm. some other people higher in the, in the hierarchy have tried to go out. If you've, I follow Paul Levitz on Facebook. He's got great, he just has more like a blog when he puts out a post and you can tell that there's certain people that cared about um, the creators when, and he would, they would maybe get in the ear of Warner brothers to make sure that they're acknowledged um, in the movies. So, but you're right. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're not really doing an issue by issue. This was just a five issue run. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say here, I don't know. My, my computer like totally blipped on me. My it's like my video driver uploaded or updated. <laughs> I didn't even know it. Um, it's well, you're still coming through. Okay. So okay. Um, uh, basically, I thought the pacing was fantastic. Um, I, I felt like well, this kind of ended anticlimactically, but then again, it's not the type of story that has a real climax. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that it's it's an opening for future yeah. stories because, well, you know, we don't want to see the real ending because no. <laughs> no, what's going to happen is this guy's going to publish three or four issues and under his own company, company under his yeah. own logo. And yeah. then he's going to fold because he's not going to have any money left is what's actually going to happen. You know, so we got <laughs> that's not what I want. Day. Scott, come <laughs> on. That, but that's the ending. We got it so that we could have a happy ending. I see. Well, yeah. OK. <laughs> but he's got his friend who's going to bankroll the whole thing. He's... <sighs> one year. One, one year. year. That's right. Yeah. One year. Well, that's dark. That's like Mark Russell dark. Jeez. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I was kind of hoping, no, there's going to be a sequel. We're going to see how successful yeah. they are with this new uh, publishing company. <laughs> I did well, want more for sure. <laughs> Although I didn't, I can't remember what the name of that company was. It wasn't really, I didn't like the name of it. Uh, I, I don't remember. I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's, it was, uh, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, it, like you said, Scott, it's something you could read and, and you'd sit down and read through the five issues in about 45 minutes if you wanted mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's not like it wasn't wordy. I mean, it was pretty, no, wordy, but yeah, man, it yeah. just, it, it just flowed. flowed, you know, the art, you know, you, you could almost, a lot of it, you could tell what was going on in the story without even having to read a single yeah. one of the yeah. word balloons, you know? So, um, which is definitely a sign of good storytelling and, and, yeah. uh, you know, and just, you know, it just, yeah. I like the homage to the Kirby desk that we see in some of the artwork, you know, yeah. that's upright. I mean, that absolutely was Kirby's desk. And, uh, um, and, but it's, you know, that's, it kind of all starts, right. The big reveal in the first issue is when the assistant to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to call him Stan Lee, the assistant to Stan Lee finds randomly, the paperwork that says that Jack right. Kirby owns the dominion. You're right. So, yep. and then this kind of just snowballs into, to what we get into this story. Um, and you know, you, you, we haven't talked about the fact that, okay, so miles in addition to his other problems also is in big gambling debt. Mm-hmm. So we, and one of the, at the end, the, the father basically just asked for rights to his character and enough money to pay for his son's gambling debt. You know, it's just like, 
okay. <laughs> you know, they would have been happy. The, the company would have been happy to pay more and felt like they were still. Getting yeah. A deal, you know, this, re- this reminded me of Kramer on Seinfeld that yeah. <laughs> he settled with the <laughs> So he could be a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Well, so could, instead of lunch. taking, yeah. yeah, this is right after the big public, the news about the woman that was burnt from the McDonald's coffee. And yeah. And yeah, instead of settling for millions, he settled for a uh, lifetime supply of coffee. Yep, yep. <laughs> the name of the com- the company at the end was Dallas Comics, which is their Dallas last name. Comics. That's right. That's, yeah. Yeah. What was the name of the Marvel like company though? That was the big company. Oh, I didn't. I I I don't know. I opened my page right to the where I needed to be. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter. So. But yeah, the just how everything kind of Muhammad, the friend that the the dad had that just kept giving. Oh, I him. loved him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he, he just kept, he stopped by and he'd give him stuff and he'd be like, oh no charge, no charge. And then he's he's like, oh I want to I want to bankroll your first year yeah. of everything. And <laughs> he's like, you've got money, but you always just took. It. He's like, well I kept offering to pay and you just <laughs> didn't let me pay. Like it wasn't that I didn't have money to pay for these books. Yeah, I was glad how that part of the story turned out because like I was gonna be like so depressed is like he's it's been like Kirby giving away all this stuff and this guy's been selling it on eBay you <laughs> right. know, or something like that. I was yeah. glad that he was actually a, an honest to goodness collector and was excited to own it and and was making his money someplace else so he didn't have to sell this stuff. Right. So, um, and I, that, but I like that, that the make me happy. Yeah. And then the uh, the dad went to draw at his table like the first time and they're like oh this isn't as good as it once was and then the the kind of deadbeat son draws over it and he's he like well I, I, yeah he inks it and then it's like well i was i did tattooing for a while and it's kind of like tattooing but without the skin like yeah <laughs> uh, yeah no it was, it was yeah of course i thought the penciled version was fine i don't know yeah i did I, about it bad i was like that's pretty good it looks pretty good to me i kept so. looking over it and i was like i don't i don't quite get it i guess but <laughs> maybe it just wasn't dark enough or something i, right. I don't know <laughs> uh, i don't know mike what else do you want to say about this uh about this series i mean i i i can't really say any more other than um it's relatable if you're a comics fan it's relatable if you got any kind of knowledge of the industry it is um and it was enjoyable all right well we ready to grade it grade it Rate it. All right. Who's going to go first? <laughs> I can go. All right. You go. All right. I give it a, a 9.0. Very fine near mint. I, I, uh, I really liked it. Thought it flowed well. I was happy to read it. Uh, you know, and it's, it's outside of my normal indie books that I read. And it was outside of the normal, like superhero books that I read. So it was kind of a nice, like I would have never picked this book on my own, but I'm glad that it was recommended. All right, I'll go ahead and give the low grade out of all of us. Okay, so, and I'm teetering on this one, but I'm going to go a VG fine, which is a five, just because of the fact that I have zero intentions of ever reading this book again. I think your time would be better served actually reading a little history about what's gone on with creator rights. Read about Neil Adams and Siegel and Schuster. Read about Jack Kirby getting his artwork back for the first time from Marvel. I think it'd be a better use of your reading time than to to read public domain. So, Mike. Wow. You make a good case for that. That's that's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, because if if this was a video 
format, people would see mm-hmm. my jaw drop whenever I heard that grade. <laughs> uh, because I'm more in, the, um, I'm not quite where Shad is, but I'm an 8.5, very fine plus. Because mm-hmm. I'm, while you're right, you know, there's probably better ways to learn about the history of comics. Um, I've read, um, what's the 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 one the Marvel comics the history of Marvel comics the by a guy named Lowe. Anyway, it's it's a it's 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 a nonfiction, right. and you're right. Reading stuff like that can be very informative. But this is entertaining as well, um, and it was just an easy breezy thing. You don't have you didn't have to really you didn't have to worry about 17 different subplots. It was straightforward, and I enjoyed it, and I think it warrants that I'll keep it. I won't get it in trade, but I, it, it is one of those little mini series that I will keep the issues. Or I'll, when I do get rid of it, I'll give it to somebody who would really probably um, enjoy it. So eight eight point five, very fine plus. All right, CLZ shake, shake it up, shake it up. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Here, I got my phone out already. I think I'll, right. I can I can go first. I got to get it here where I can so you can. It's not shaking. There we go. Oh, what are, what is that? Oh, Demon. oh, Demon Knights. Okay, so <laughs> finally, there's one that I can actually be somewhat excited about talking about. And so this was actually my favorite series from the New Fifty Two. All right. So this was set like, I don't know, like 500 years in the DC past. And and if you were ever a kid who grew up playing like Dungeons and Dragons, this was the closest thing to a, a DC Comics Dungeons and Dragons book. The first episode, it's literally Demon, Vandal Savage, um, uh, The Shining Knight, Madame Xanadu, I think. It might be a different one. Of, it may not be her. Maybe okay. somebody else. Hold on. I thought you said Moon Knight. No, no. <laughs> Demon Knight. Oh, Demon. I did not see oh, that. I've heard yeah. good things about it. Oh, it is so good. It only lasted three volumes. But yeah. it is it is it is absolutely my favorite out of all the new 52 books. Oh. And it's and again, uh, it is just like a, 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 a D&D role playing adventure in the DC universe. And I know it's got some characters that you love, Mike. Like I said, yeah. Shining Knight, uh, Demon, um, uh, Vandal Savage. Um, I, you know, I think it was Xanadu, and it's kind I, of a I, magic secret six with that. It type is. Of it's, it's kind of like they, just, they basically start up in a pub and then they go on this adventure. The first, oh. the first two volumes are outstanding. The third volume is a little weaker, but I still like it a lot. Um, if you have not read it, and maybe I don't know, maybe this is. If, have you guys either of you guys read this? No, not at all. I'm no, looking no. it up on Mike, on DC Universe it? right now. No, I have not. I'm okay. totally this want is, to. This is our this is our next read then for okay. we're to do Demon Knights. Okay. Okay. Love this story. Highly, highly recommend it, especially if you have any fantasy in interest in your blood. So I hope okay. whenever I reread this that it doesn't disappoint. <laughs> we're not too. I mean, we're a little bit late to call it a 10 year anniversary read of a new 52 comic, but. Yeah still okay it doesn't matter it it, it showed up yeah. at a good time so yeah <laughs> all right next. All right. <laughs> I'll go ahead it. shed what is it power of power power of the dark crystal issue oh. 11 specifically uh i love this series i the uh the little the the power of the dark crystal and the beneath the dark crystal series that they did uh that uh boom released were just so good. Um, 
I thought that the what they did with those characters and the way that they built out the world was maybe was better than the Netflix show, uh, though I did like the Netflix show. Um, but the those characters are just ripe for drawing at a, at any point in time. They're just so cool to see drawn out. So anytime I get a chance to see a Dark Crystal anything, I'm I'm in for it. What Dark- year did that come out? Um, it's not that right. old. No, it's uh. Let's see. That was 2018. Was that one? Okay. It's Dark. a Mark Buckingham cover. <laughs> Dark Crystal is evidence that we did not have a lot of entertainment choices as <laughs> uh, as a child, right? I remember having <laughs> just having such positive remembrances of that, and then whenever I introduced Dark Crystal to my kids, they were not impressed. No, at really? <laughs> yes, no. They were like, "Why did you make us watch this?" <laughs> That was one of those movies that it scared the crap out of me as a kid. Oh, the Xerxes and the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, and uh, the sexies and and uh, and all the like the 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 big giant beetles and everything. Mm-hmm. Like everything was just it was creepy. And then I like then like I'd watch like five more minutes of it, and then like I'd see how much further I could get, and then I just loved it as I grew up. <laughs> uh, so the Netflix series is worth watching. So I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, okay. it, it's it's definitely it's a lot of puppet work. It's it's okay. definitely they they do they do a a good time trying to do it. It's not as dark and dreary as the movie is, uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much I don't know what else could be as as like yeah. just dark and just like. <laughs> Just for a so, kid, for a definite kid show, yeah, it couldn't be much darker. It it's, it it definitely brings you down. <laughs> <laughs> they have a little more fun, I think, in the TV show. Okay, all right, all right, Mike. All right, See, loading get... random comic. What's yeah. that? Give us a chance to read it. You know, we try to leave it up there so you can at least see what it is. Well, I do it, and all you see is yeah, you're right. Like it's white, just a white screen. I tried angling it before. Oh, okay, all right. I could make up anything. This is Action Comics number one. My grandpa got it. Uh, it is a, a first volume of a very, very, very old title. It's Detective Comics volume one. Oh, Scott. Scott, you're going to be so impressed with my pick here. Or my random pick. Your random pick, My yeah. shake. It is Detective Comics volume one, issue 351. First appearance of... This is in 1966. The Riddler. Oh, no. No, that's a little, no, that's a little earlier. Okay. You're in the ballpark of Batgirl's first appearance. No, yeah, it is. Same. Um, matter of fact, the, 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 the flag sta- or the. Yeah, but I don't know what's in. I don't the know what's in. The logos. That was like 358, Six nine, something four? like that. Okay, all right. What's 351? Uh, well, 351 is the first appearance of Clue Master. I don't know who that is. Clue Master's sort of a <laughs> uh, C-list hero, but he's also very well known to be the father of Stephanie Brown, who is, oh. Um, oh. spoiler, in the, oh, in the okay. current okay. Uh, iteration or current uh, continuity, that she, you know, she defied her father's criminal ways and went on to be a, a crime fighter and be one of the Batman mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, this is the uh, Clue Masters top turvy. I can't say I've read it. Uh, let me see when I purchased it. I got it uh, in 2018. So you've um, had four years to read it and haven't read it. 
you know, I, I, there's a lot of these old ones I don't read right away. I mean, come on. <laughs> if I need to, I will. But it's it's a Silver Age, <laughs> and Clue Master to, was a kind of a dorky character. So, But it is his first appearance. Written by Gardner Fox and penciled by Carmine Infantino. Oh. So this is during the, the Julia Schwartz sort of uh, revamp of Batman. So, yeah. 6.5 copy worth 24 bucks, it says. There you go. All right, Chad, what do we got coming up next on All right. 40, what is it, 7, I think? On 147, we're going to be covering the movie Black Adam, the blockbuster hit, uh, <laughs> yeah. as well as Secret Invasion, the 2008 uh, run, issues 1 through 8. And uh, Shad, if they wanted to reach out to you, where would they do that at? Oh, you can find me on Facebook at Shad Schubert. That's S-H-A-A-D-S-C-H-U-B-E-R-T. All right, Mike, what about you? Uh, you can reach me at m.atchison90 at gmail.com. And I'm Scott Reed. You can find me at bergcomics.com, B-U-R-G comics.com. And there I'll have links to various things. Not doing any conventions now, so I'm trying to focus in more on the eBay store and posting on Facebook and all that fun stuff. So, all right, well, we'll be back soon with another episode, and we will talk at you then. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, it's like three or four issues beforehand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess they're like low front runs or something like that. So. I guess I couldn't believe it went for that. Yeah. Uh, I almost, there was two. There was two issues there though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be forty bucks. What is that? It's Iron Fist. Iron Fist number fourteen, which is the first appearance of Sabretooth. Uh, I was gonna say it looks like Sabretooth on the cover. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep, I got this. That one's actually a keeper for me. So. Well, good. Maybe you can cover it on a CLZ shake sometime. <laughs> I have to read it first. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, you don't put it in. You don't put it in until you read it. No, no. If it goes in my, if it goes in my collection, I, I add it in. Oh, I have. I don't know if I've even entered it yet. So, so I think it's still sitting out because I haven't put it in the system yet. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got three main boxes. I've got two read, two file, two Scott. <laughs> <laughs> two read, two file, two Scott. <laughs> like that. Yeah, I have not put in. The, I don't have any Iron Fist in the system. So in CLZ. So I just realized that we could. I don't. Do you guys log whether you've read stuff or not in CLZ? No, I thought about starting to do that, but it was like, oh my god, I'd have to go back. <laughs> We're talking 14,000 comics, man. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah. Well, see, it wouldn't be bad for me because I only have like 1,200 in there. Yeah. But I, I don't remember. Some of them I maybe have read. I don't remember. If I've read. Well, that's it. Yeah, there's yeah. all of Once I, when I got CLZ, I started logging the things I read since I got the app. But mm-hmm. anything that was read pre the app is not logged because I was like, I don't remember. I don't rightfully feel like yeah. I can mark it as read because it's not, it's not, re- <laughs> yeah. it should be marked as remembered. Do I remember mm-hmm. this book? Or not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to. Those are, those are data points for people with small collections, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, and I said it's, it's just for me just to, you know, know what I want to keep. Yeah, I thought about ranking them. Not ranking them, but you know, like scoring them or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I got that 10 star scale, and I yeah. did that for a few of them, but then right off the bat, I figured out. Yeah, I probably should, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I could, if I had like a custom feel, I could say if it's whether or not it's a keeper or. Because a lot of the new comics now I just don't keep because I don't right. have room for them. So I just. Well, if, if they're not a keeper, then I don't put them in the system. I don't put them in the system. Well, I do put them in the system, then I switch them to sold. And then, yeah. <laughs> that's the collector in me. I like that's, that. That's, that's, a, that's a waste. <laughs> It might be, but there's, there's a lot of people who would say what we do. <laughs> Overall, that's well, just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>